From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, August 12th. I'm Monique Aiken. Today I'm joined by Impact Alpha's Amy Cortese, who has been talking to investors about how the Inflation Reduction Act is resetting the table on climate. Hi, Amy. Hi, Monique. Great to be here. Great to have you. But first, here's what you need to know from the week in Impact Investing. The climate bill includes provisions for green banks. The $27 billion Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund could bank projects like building energy retrofits, small-scale community solar projects, and agricultural projects that store carbon. More than half of the money is targeted at low- and moderate-income communities. But many community-based lenders may not be able to access the funding because deposit-taking financial institutions are barred. Across the pond in Africa, locally-owned small- and mid-sized businesses, ones with 5 to 100 employees, have a hard time accessing credit. Big businesses can get commercial bank credit, and micro and informal businesses can turn to microfinance or fintech. As Impact Alpha's Jessica Pothering reports, Balloon Ventures is cutting checks of around $25,000 to Africa's small businesses by bundling the financing with business support services or technical assistance. In the latest post in our series, Frontiers in Social Innovation, Matt Bannock charts the promise and perils of catalyzing new markets with early-stage impact investments. And Rangers McVeigh Capital's Carrie Endries shows how fixed-income strategies can offer scalable impact with low risk and liquidity. In deal news, Ting Internet secured $200 million from Generate Capital to make internet connectivity more sustainable. Toronto-based Ting is looking to make communities more resilient by expanding fiber optic networks which have a lower waste footprint and use less energy than cable. Sarah Care raised $320 million to deliver home health care for the elderly. London-based Sarah provides more than 1 million prescriptions and at-home and telehealth consultations per week for 2,000 business clients. The home health industry could reach $383 billion by 2030, driven by the aging of the population. And Forage secured $22 million to help low-income Americans use food stamps to order groceries online. About 42 million Americans receive help with their food bills from SNAP, the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, more commonly known as food stamps. But not many grocery stores accept SNAP benefits online. That's a problem for those who are homebound, lack transportation, or live in a food desert. Forage's software helps online grocers accept SNAP electronic benefit transfers, or EBTs. Amy, welcome back to the show. The Inflation Reduction Act is a bill making its way through the House right now, and then to the President's desk. People are catching up to what it means, but you've been all over it this week. Can you tell us more? Sure, Monique. Yeah, this is a pretty big deal. As most people have heard by now, the Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA as it's being called for short, will provide $369 billion uh, in climate and energy-related investments across a wide range of sectors. This is the largest climate investment in U.S. history. So the bill uh, will reduce U.S. emissions by 40% from 2005 levels this decade, and that puts the Biden administration very close to its goal of having emissions this decade. The bill also aims to build a domestic supply chain for batteries, minerals, and other critical inputs for the green economy. Uh, 
We wrote this week about how it's already reframing narratives, reshaping assumptions about the role of climate solutions, and raising expectations for the green economy. These are ambitious goals, but how will this all get done? Well, through a mix of funding and tax incentives. So there's $200 billion in clean electricity investments and incentives, almost $50 billion to retrofit buildings. Uh, there's more than $20 billion for farmland conservation, just to name a few areas. The bill also invests $60 billion for environmental justice priorities, uh, including things like cleaning up pollution and uh, funding low carbon retrofits in low income communities. There's also a 27 billion green bank um, provision to fund community based green projects and more than half of that funding will go to low income communities as well. So what does this mean for consumers? So for consumers, this is going to show up as cheaper green appliances and products such as heat pumps, EVs and in induction stoves. There's also a lot of funding for decarbonizing industry and investing in emerging clean energy and tech. And what does this mean for investors? Well, clean tech investment, as you know, is already red hot. And this bill provides further tailwinds to that. It also importantly locks in 10-year tax incentives, which provides much needed stability and certainty for investors. I spoke with Stefan Nicolo, a full cycle, a growth equity firm, and he had more to say on that. But what I think is really important here is that it really starts to give a lane of opportunity, some real clarity around how the government will support big and industrial and commercial scale uh, climate efforts that amount to really meaningful amounts of uh, emissions, redu emissions reduced, right? So thinking about um, for example, you know, the focus on developing and the tax credits in concentrated and historically underserved uh, communities, you know, I think there's a real uh, vector for the ways we think about environmental justice, but also just understanding that we do need to build uh, enough infrastructure to serve the most number of people. That's where we start to see both the behavioral change and the ability to tally up uh, these efforts to be meaningful towards our NDCs as a country. And so there's a, there's a lot in here, but I think it's worth highlighting that um, it gives a wide lane for investors like Full Cycle and operators and builders, developers to really start to play in that middle space um, and, and really develop some opportunities for communities to be healthier and for us to reduce our, our emissions in a meaningful way that can be inspiring to the rest of the world. So this all sounds promising, but there are some concerns with the bill as well, aren't there? Yes, Monique, there are a number of concerns. One stems from the way in which the bill was negotiated. So it was hammered out in secret um, between West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. So communities that will be impacted by the bill had no say in its, its design. Um, there was some necessary horse trading that came out of these negotiations. And one result of that is that oil and gas infrastructure, which is often cited in black and brown uh, and low income communities, will get extended. Activists are also upset with the deal cut with Mansion to streamline the permitting process for energy projects. So permitting reform is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, 
the reviews can take sometimes years and can hold up a lot of green projects um, as well as non-green projects and infrastructure. But this takes away a, a key tool that activists had used to slow down and ultimately stop um, the green lighting of, of projects such as um, oil and gas pipelines that will be locked in for many years. So we'll be covering these details as they come into view and airing some of the the concerns that people have. But in the meantime, here's Stefan Nicolo again from Full Cycle on that. I think we, we need to have a bigger conversation uh, in our country and, of course, via the media about uh, poor governance. Um, it shouldn't be the case that these mega impactful bills are negotiated in secret um, and that we don't have many or all voices represented at the table in doing so. But ultimately, um, that's a conversation about systems, not about people. And so I think our status quo now is we have the bill. It's not perfect. Um, and I think there is, you know, there is reason to be upset at the prospect of perhaps increased oil and gas leases on federal land. That's not good. But ultimately, we have to think of this as the laying of a foundation, a really strong one that gives us a line of sight into the ways that private enterprise, that citizens, that um, you know, investors of all stripes can now participate in the kind of low carbon transition that is secure, right? That has uh, a wide lane that will exist, uh, of opportunity that will exist for 10 to 25 years um, as we build these assets and deploy this capital into um, both restoration and mitigation and all of the ways we upgrade our infrastructure, um, you know, that's meaningful. And we can then start to build upon that foundation something that is way more enticing and compelling for investors than the traditional oil and gas infrastructure. Well, thanks for keeping track of all this for us, Amy. We very much look forward to your coverage of the bill and what it means for us, for our communities and our planet over time. Thanks, Monique. And that's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thanks to Amy, Stefan, and our producer, Isaac Silk. Ready to try Impact Alpha? Sign up for Impact Alpha Open free of charge directly at impactalpha.com. Want to go deeper? Grab a subscription and get full access to the site, Agents of Impact Calls, and the daily email brief. Right now, we're offering everybody $100 off. Just go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and choose annual subscription. Thank you for listening. I'm Monique Aiken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Be sure to check back for next week's briefing. And until then, take care.